Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Ukraine is accusing Russia of more wartime atrocities. New video shows an ambulance outside of a hospital being shelled. As allegations swirl about Joe Biden's alleged connection to his son's business dealings in Ukraine and China, a letter of recommendation has surfaced written by then VP Biden for the son of a Chinese executive. U.S. Treasury Secretary Yellen is warning of dire economic consequences from the fallout of sanctions imposed due to Russia's war on Ukraine. A bold moves from two Republican governors who plan to bus migrants to the U.S. Capitol and President Biden's home state as the administration plans to lift Title 42. New poll finds a majority of New York City residents say their families would be better off living outside of the Big Apple due to high crime and public safety issues. Well, evidence of the cruelty and terror of Russia's war on Ukraine continues to emerge. New video appears to show an ambulance being hit by shelling in the parking lot of a hospital in the southern city of Mykolaiv. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky told the United Nations Security Council Tuesday that Russia is committing genocide. Ukrainian native Irina Abramova says her husband was executed. My husband wasn't a soldier. He never held a gun. He was a peaceful man. They took him from our home in his slippers, asked him to take his shirt off, made him kneel on the ground and killed him. Ukrainian prosecutors are investigating almost 4,500 alleged war crimes by Russian military troops. According to emails reviewed by Fox News Digital, President Biden back in 2017 wrote a letter of recommendation to college for the son of a Chinese executive who did business with Biden's son, Hunter. Hunter Biden's business dealings in Ukraine and China are under investigation by the Delaware Attorney General's office. The president has repeatedly denied ever discussing Hunter Biden's business ventures with his son. GWU law professor speaks Jonathan Turley on Fox News. And what's really odd about this new narrative, which is not just coming from the White House, but from the same media outlets, is that maybe Hunter Biden did engage in a multi-million dollar influence peddling scheme. Maybe he did commit crimes, but it has nothing to do uh, with the president. Well, that's just not true. Fox News Digital obtained emails between Hunter Biden and his business associates involved in his firm, Rosemont Seneca's joint venture with Chinese investment firms Bohai Capital and BHR. Hunter held a 10 percent stake in BHR, but divested last year. 
U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has warned of major consequences for the global economy as a result of the Russian-Ukraine war. She warns of severe disruptions in the global flow of food and energy and increasing energy costs due to a ban on Russian oil imports. Congressman Dave Kostoff tells Fox Business what he'd like to ask Yellen. Is this administration wrong for advocating these big spending programs? And then I'm going to ask her to put on her her Fed chairman cap, because obviously she was the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Uh, How tight does she need, uh, does the uh, current Federal Reserve need to tighten policy? The U.S., European Union and group of seven coordinated nations are imposing even more sanctions on Russia. The sanctions in response to reported Russian atrocities in the Ukrainian town of Buka. Among them, a U.S. ban on new investments in Russia, penalties targeting top Russian security officials, and President Vladimir Putin's adult children. Bold responses from two Republican governors as the Biden administration plans to lift Title 42. It's expected to allow a flood of migrants across the U.S.-Mexico border. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says he has been absolutely fed up over this whole issue with migrants being released into small Texas towns by the feds. Texas plans to start transporting these illegal migrants to Washington, D.C. by charter bus, dropping the migrants right near the U.S. Capitol. Texas is providing charter buses to send these illegal immigrants who have been dropped off by the Biden administration to Washington, D.C., We are sending them to the United States Capitol, where the Biden administration will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across our border. Soon after the announcement, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced similar plans to drop migrants in Delaware, Biden's home state. A majority of people polled think their family would have a better life if they left New York City permanently. Almost 60 percent of New York City registered voters agree with the idea that living outside of New York City would mean a better future for their family. The survey from the political consultants, Fontas Advisors, and polling firm Core Decisions Analytics. New Yorker Amy Murphy weighs in on NBC. New York's amazing, but sometimes you got to do what's best for your health or for your state of mind. By demographics, 65% or more all of respondents under the age of 49 said they agree with the sentiment. Just 49% of white respondents concurred. More than 60% of all black, Hispanic, and Asian voters in the poll agreed to. Forecasts from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Showers likely, possibly an afternoon thunderstorm or highs 54. Showers, possibly a thunderstorm overnight, the lows 50. Tomorrow, slight chance of showers, just 20%. Partly sunny skies, the high 56. Right now, 47 degrees, mostly cloudy skies in the Big Apple. According to a new court filing, Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign, its lawyer and a tech executive, took part in a joint venture to gather and spread dirt about Donald Trump during the 2016 presidential campaign. These blockbuster allegations are from special counsel John Durham. Andrew McCarthy is a former assistant U.S. attorney. He weighs in on Fox News. The reason that this may advance the ball for the prosecution in a meaningful way is it's almost like a transcript. It's a written statement Uh, by the person who is accused of making a false statement to the FBI, which contains the essence of what the government says the deception is. Durham's bombshell 48-page motion was filed late Monday. Now, in it, Durham argues for the admission of additional evidence 
The head of Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman's pending trial, he's charged with lying to the FBI about his links to Clinton and the DNC, the Democratic National Committee. Durham alleges Sussman worked to gather dirt for Clinton rival Donald Trump during the 2016 election, well, claiming in an email to Baker that he was working on his own. Sussman worked for the Democratic powerhouse law firm Perkins Coie. A more fallout from Hunter Biden's laptop. House Judiciary Committee Republicans demanding that 51 former intelligence operatives divulge information about their 2020 statement that documents from Hunter Biden's famous laptop could be Russian disinformation. A senior GOP aide told The New York Post that the ex-spies should expect subpoenas next year if they fail to comply. John Paul Mac Isaac is the Delaware computer shop owner who alerted the FBI about that laptop. He speaks to the New York Post. I hope more people realize that the story, true story, is not about uh, Hunter or his dad. It's about the secrets being kept from the American people deliberately, and and by not just social and mainstream media, but 51 government intelligence officials that all decided to chime in. In October of 2020, the New York Post described communications about Hunter Biden and his uncle, Jim Biden's business venture with the company CEFC China Energy. A May 13th, 2017 email recovered from Biden's laptop said the big guy would get a 10 percent equity stake in a corporate entity established with the CEFC. The big guy has been reported to allegedly be then Vice President Joe Biden. West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin has come out in opposition of yet another Biden administration initiative. His opposition to build back better, you might remember, left Biden's $1.7 trillion deal in the dust. Now, Senator Manchin told the Jewish insider that he is likely to oppose any nuclear deal the Biden administration reaches with Iran. Manchin said, I'm very leery of the talks. I wasn't for it before, and I can't see myself changing my position. Manchin was one of four Senate Democrats, along with Senators Bob Menendez of New Jersey, Ben Cardin and Chuck Schumer of New York, who voted against the original nuclear agreement back in 2015. Opponents of the potential deal are unlikely to be able, though, to rally the 10 Senate Democratic votes needed to block its implementation. Well, another reprieve for students with outstanding college debt. The Biden administration is extending a pause on federal student loan repayments through August 31st. This repayment freeze, which has been in place since the beginning of the viral pandemic, had been scheduled to expire on May 1st. Here's President Joe Biden. Today I'm announcing my administration extending the pause on federal student loan repayments through August 31st of 2022. I know folks were hit hard by this pandemic, and though we've come a long way in the last year, we're still recovering from the economic crisis it caused. This continued pause will help Americans breathe a little easier as we recover and rebuild from the pandemic. No payments have been required on most of these federal student loans since March of 2020. Interest and collections on defaulted debt are also on hold since then. Former President Trump also paused the repayments during his administration. 77 WABC time check 515.
Justin Ellick is here with sports. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. It is Thursday. I mean, it's it's Friday Eve, one day closer to the weekend here. And I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. We retreated to a bit of a battle for New York last night at the Garden between the Nets and the Knicks, with Brooklyn proving their superiority in the way of a 110-98 to win on the road. Kevin Durant continued his dominance over the Knickerbockers with 32 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds to help the Nets come all the way back from 21 points down. The victory strengthened Brooklyn's chances of the best play-in spot of it uh, possible come next week's Eastern Conference Tournament. No local, no local ice hockey to speak of yesterday, but here's what to look forward to tonight. You've got the Hockey Blue Shirts tonight at the Garden hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. That puck drop is set for 7 p.m. Eastern time. If the doubles are more your taste, you can catch them at the same time hosting the Montreal Habs in Newark. And a loss, a tradition unlike any other, is finally here again as the 86th Masters Tournament is set to get underway in just a couple of hours from Augusta National Golf Club in Georgia. Tom Watson will join fellow golf legends Jack Nicholas and Gary Player for this year's ceremonial tee shot before the first group heads off at 8 a.m. Eastern time. It says here that some guy named uh, Eldrick says he goes by Tiger. Eldrick Tiger Woods. Oh, uh, him, a, yeah. yeah. A, for some reason, he sounds familiar. That's an interesting yeah. nickname. I don't know how he came up with that one. But he's in the 1034 AM grouping with Louis Oosthuizen and Joaquin Neiman. Other notable send-offs with Justin Thomas and defending champion Hideki Matsuyama with amateur James Piot at 10.45 a.m. And odds favorite John Rahm with Patrick Cantlay and Will Zalatoris at 1.41 p.m. Get your popcorn ready. It's certain to be an exciting weekend down in Georgia. Here with your early news sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. And, of course, the Yankees home opener today postponed against the Boston Red Sox due to the uh, the weather. And mm-hmm. I know uh, people who have tickets can... Use them tomorrow, 1.05 p.m. Of yeah. course, opening ceremonies at 12.32 tomorrow I'll or be part, exchange I'll be, them. Uh, I'll be part of that uh, group of oh, people. Oh, good. Maybe yeah. we'll see on TV. Maybe you will. Oh, your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Showers likely today, possibly an afternoon thunderstorm. A high is 54. A little more rain overnight. The low is 50. Slight chance of showers tomorrow, just 20%. Partly sunny. We'll finally see the sun. The high 56. Right now, 46 degrees. A cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Frank Morano with your business report. Thank you, Deb. I am Frank Morano here with your business report. The market is not a big fan of the recent announcement from the Federal Reserve. The central bank announced it had agreed to shrink its balance sheet to combat inflation. The Fed also hinted it would be thinking about larger tax rates as well. At the closing bell Wednesday, the Dow Jones Industrial lost 144 points. The S&P 500 fell by 43 points. And the Nasdaq dropped by 315 points. Twitter tweeted Tuesday that it is indeed working on a way for users to edit their 280-character messages. The project has nothing to do with the fact that edit function fan Elon Musk was just revealed as the company's largest shareholder and now sits on its board. Twitter said it will test the feature in its paid service, Twitter Blue, in the coming months. Leading oil company CEOs declined to endorse a call from Democrats to reduce dividends and share buybacks and plow the money into ramping up production instead. During a hearing, Congressman Frank Pallone, a New Jersey Democrat, asked the CEOs if they would commit to doing whatever it takes, including not just increasing production, but reducing dividends and buybacks to lower prices for American consumers. The questions echoed a letter from House Oversight Chair Carolyn Maloney and Congressman Ro Khanna this week asking the major companies to scrap their buybacks and dividends during the Ukraine war and instead lower prices for consumers. Federal process 
Prosecutors said a subsidiary of one of the largest U.S. providers of renewable energy pleaded guilty to criminal charges and was ordered to pay over $8 million in fines and restitution after at least 150 eagles were killed at its wind farms in eight states. Next, Terra Energy subsidiary ESI Energy was also sentenced to five years probation after being charged with three counts of violating the Migratory Bird Treaty Act during a court appearance in Cheyenne, Wyoming. The charges arose from the deaths of nine eagles at three wind farms in Wyoming and New Mexico. I'm Frank Moreno with your business report on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. Thanks, Frank. And looking at futures this morning, the Dow is down 18 points at 34,381. S&P 500 down five and a quarter points. The Nasdaq has fallen 55. Gold is up $6.20 an ounce at $1,929.30. Crude oil down below 100 bucks a barrel this morning at $96.90, even though it's up 67 cents. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. The lifting of New York State's eviction moratorium in place during the viral pandemic has caused a huge backlog in the courts of more than 213,000 eviction cases. So much so, public defender groups say they've actually run out of lawyers to represent low-income tenants. Housing advocates outside of Brooklyn federal court protested the reopening of eviction proceedings. They are calling for full cancellation of rent and Extended moratoriums on eviction cases. According to the Community Service Society of New York, a stunning 685,000 renters owe an estimated 3.3 billion in back rent to landlords fighting for back rent. The NYPD has released some new crime stats. The NYPD says crime surged 44% in New York during the first three months of 2022, blaming repeat offenders for a large part of this spike. Now, according to the NYPD data, crime is up in every single major category except murder. Murders actually declined 9% in the first three months of 2022, 96 compared to 105 during the same time period last year. Here's NYPD Police Commissioner Keychant Sewell outside of one police plaza yesterday. It's clear what we are confronting, a perception among criminals that there are no consequences, even for serious crime. We need tangible changes with a balanced system that puts victims first. Overall, police counted 29,608 crimes as defined by the state penal code and the FBI in the first months of 2022. That compares to 20,543 in the same time period of 2021. Rapes were up 16 percent to 410 in 2022 from 354 in the same time period last year. Robberies, assaults, burglaries, thefts, auto thefts also up dramatically. An anti-crime rally was held in the Bronx Tuesday night by police, including family members of officers killed in the line of duty and victims of gun violence. The focus here on pushing for changes to the state's controversial statewide bail reform in New York, which lets pretrial defendants walk free. PBA President Pat Lynch of the NYPD comments. You'll say, well, it's only a couple of thousand crimes. What we've seen here today, a couple of thousand crimes meet a couple of thousand victims. 
This protest was held right in front of the New York State Assembly Speaker's office in the Bronx. The effort there to send a message to New York State lawmakers in Albany at the state legislature, the capital in New York, of course, as legislative leaders refused to reform bail reform laws enacted back in 2019. And with crime surging here in New York City, police and many lawmakers are calling bail reform a failure as many criminals are right back out onto the streets hours after they're released. Brooklyn State Assemblyman Latrice Walker appeared on Cats at Night, hosted by 77 WABC owner John Katsimatidis. Assemblyman Walker explained how the issue of bail reform led her to pursue a hunger strike. Two days after uh, Governor Hochul announced her proposed changes to criminal justice reform. Two people died on Rikers Island incarcerated pretrial. And this is a very serious issue. Katsimatidis didn't mince words in his response. Two people that died in Rikers Island. Let's talk about the 25 kids that died in the streets of the city of New York. And, and, and that is a crime. 25 young kids are not going to have a family. They're not going to have a, a life. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul is proposing to make fixes to the bail reform legislation in her stalled proposed state budget. It is one of the two major issues that is holding up passage of the budget now late. There's been another tourist attack in the Big Apple, according to police. A 70-year-old Sikh man visiting from India is New York's latest hate crime victim. The man had his nose broken in this unprovoked attack. It happened in Queens. The guy's name is Nirmal Singh. He was out for his morning walk in here in New York City for just two weeks when he was assaulted near Lefferts Boulevard and 95th Avenue in South Richmond Hill about 645 in the morning. Sunday morning's assault adds to a nearly 100% spike in hate crimes across New York City so far this year. Police are looking for this man's attacker, and you can take a look at video of that as police search for the suspect here. It's up on our website, wabcradio.com. An acting justice of the New York State Supreme Court is dead by suicide. Judge John L. Mikalski was under investigation by the feds. Lawyer Terrence Connor says Mikalski's home was searched by law enforcement last month against the backdrop of this federal prosecution. The judge was found dead in his home in upstate Amherst, New York, on Tuesday. Specific details of his death not yet released by the Amherst Police Department. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Showers likely today. We may see a thunderstorm this afternoon. Our highs 54. Overnight rain continues. Showers possibly a thunderstorm. The low 50 tomorrow. It does clear partly sunny skies, but still a 20% chance of showers with a high of 56. Right now, 46 cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Well, COVID is hitting Broadway again. Several highly anticipated shows affected here. Macbeth said it was canceling shows through Saturday at 8 p.m. Star Daniel Craig tested positive for COVID-19 last week. Meanwhile, Matthew Broderick, who's starring in a limited run Revival of Neil Simon's Plaza Suite with his wife, Sarah Jessica Parker, has also tested positive for the virus. The actor didn't perform in Tuesday's show. And uh, we had spoken with Charlotte St. Martin of the Broadway League last month about the state of Broadway following the viral pandemic. Broadway is a very expensive uh, thing to do and to build a show. People work on them from two to six years and to have to shut down 
immediately with no planning uh, would certainly have prevented most shows that had to shut down from coming back without that help. And they have received uh, federal funding to help with the economic impact of all these closures. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Early News at 5. Please please stay with us for Bernie and Sid right here on 77 WABC.